Welcome to the Midwest Angler Podcast. I am Scott Sturman, and I'm joined by Matt Deitch. Matt, how are we doing? I am doing awesome. Yourself? I am doing awesome also. We're coming to you a little bit later this week. Uh, this is going to be a Wednesday morning episode, unlike our normal Monday morning episode, because, well, Matt, we kind of had a little busy weekend. It was a little bit busy. We kind of got home a little late in the afternoon on Sunday and just needed some time to decompress and yeah. think about the weekend. So yeah, episode right. 61 is coming at you now. Yeah, and when, when when we say it was a busy weekend, that doesn't mean that it was a bad weekend. That's exactly right. This was the weekend that we had been looking forward to all winter long. All, yeah. all year long. All year long, long since last time. February. Yep, yep. No, man. Oh, God dang it. And for those of you that don't know, those of you that didn't, here our last couple episodes uh hooked on hard water was last weekend me and matt made the trip out to uh rapid city south dakota along with our buddy scott mockentoon and uh stayed in the cabin with uh brendan lockwood and his buddy kyle uh buddy signer uh from up in pier nick Heitkamp, uh dakota angler uh in sioux falls south dakota manager and man we had we had a good cabin we had a good it time it was it was a really good time in that cabin you know it was for you as your You've met a few of those guys before, but for me, it was the first time meeting all of them. So right, right, and you know, the, and we'll we'll touch into this here in a little bit. But it's just so much bigger than than a fishing trip. It's it's you know, I mean, right. obviously, we do it for the boys. We do it, you know, uh, to to raise money for the club, whatever. But I mean, what an awesome networking. You know, I mean. How many times do you get 60, you know, just straight ice junkies all in the same spot? You right. Know? I mean, not very often. No. I mean, we had people from New York. I mean, people <laughs> from all over the United States. And, yeah, a uh, little bit of everywhere. Yep. I mean, how cool is that? Uh, Got to tip our hats to Craig Oiler and, and all the people at the Club for Boys for just doing a ton of work getting an awesome event off the ground yeah for sure they they're countless hours spent on it all year round preparing for it and then in the day of it and you know the night before it too just everything they do is it's amazing right like we said uh, uh we took off on thursday morning uh pretty early uh scott mockentoon uh from i'd like to say up by minneapolis but uh, uh <laughs> not if you of, ask him yeah that was kind of an inside joke well you know what we're gonna tell it we're gonna tell it we're gonna Dang talk, right we're gonna talk we're about gonna that. talk about this uh uh so yeah scott comes down from new prague minnesota um down met us here in rock rapids and uh where we won't say what he likes to call it, but yeah, because it's explicit <laughs> and this is a this is a PG podcast. But uh, no, he he comes down from New Prague, Minnesota, and uh, we we take off. Uh, I think we got on the road maybe six thirty, whatever. But you know, he he woke up at two thirty a.m. Yeah, to he get was up down early here to get on here. time and and whatever. So uh, we pull into this gas station in Mitchell, South Dakota, uh, you know, home of the Corn Palace, and. Uh, so yeah, this guy's like, hey man, you know, where are you guys off to? You know, what are you guys up to? And and I'm like, yeah, you know, heading out to the Black Hills, you know, to do a little fishing. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, where are you from? And I said, well, we're from Northwest Iowa, you know, just right across the border from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Oh, yep, yep. And I said, he actually is from a little bit farther away. He's from up by Minneapolis. And for some reason, Scott takes offense to this. He did. He Like, I mean, he just couldn't even believe it. I'm not from Minneapolis. I'm not from Minneapolis. It's literally 48 minutes from his doorstep to downtown Minneapolis. And for some reason, he doesn't think he has to claim Minneapolis. 
Like, what did you say? You could throw a baseball from his front door? Go I ahead could. And or I you mean, could. Yeah, he, he. I mean, he couldn't because he's not nearly the athlete I am. Well, we saw that when you guys were throwing snowballs at each other on the ice. So I got an arm, man. <laughs> I was third-string quarterback in seventh grade. That's right, and there's not even a third team, so yeah. let wrap your brain around that one. Yeah, things don't change. <laughs> but, no, so Scott, so, so that was kind of the joke all weekend long was that, you know, uh, I, I kept on telling Scott that, you know, he was from Minneapolis, and, and he kept telling us that we were from a pig, we're going to call it Pig Screw, Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> but, yeah. All in good fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, no, like like I said, you know, then we got out there. We had some killer cool guys in the cabin, and uh, when we did get out there on Thursday, Scott decided that he needed to go to what the boot barn. The boot barn. But first, I will say about our travels out there, when we left here that morning, it was, what, 19 degrees below zero? It was below zero, like maybe 10 degrees or below. 10 below zero, and then by the time we got out there, it was like 40-something. Yep, yeah. I mean, 50-degree <laughs> swing by the time we got out there. Absolutely beautiful. And our travels out there, something that never happens this time of year or any time of the year when you're traveling across the state of South Dakota, and we've talked about that on here, is we had perfect, beautiful weather. No for snow, out there. no wind. I mean, <laughs> we had her at 80 with a big trailer behind us, and we made it out there no problemo. But so, yeah, we get out there, and, and Scott, he kept kind of mentioning something to us about... He wanted to stop at Wall Drug for the right. Western wear. Yeah, and we're just like, oh, what the heck? So, yeah, we get out there and stop at Shields first and do a couple things, and then uh, just happened to be a boot barn right next door. So we ended up going over to Boot Barn, and uh, Scott got himself some real nice Western wear, uh, a cowboy hat, whatever. And, and this is all to kind of take jabs at uh, the Cox family from Mullen, Nebraska. You know, they're they're real cowboys. They're, they're real, real ranchers. ranchers. <laughs> and, uh, so Scott, you know, the Minneapolis cowboy needed to take a couple shots at them, you know, just to razz them. And, Every, everyone thought that that was pretty awesome. Uh, Those photos, the photo shoot, when we first oh got gosh. to the cabin, we before we could go anywhere, we had to do a little cowboy photo shoot yep. for him, and those pictures turned out awesome. Yeah, like a Marlboro man on the side <laughs> of the on the side of the cabin. But no, the Craig Teason Memorial Tournament, uh, which is for all the pros in the uh, in the hooked on hard uh, water, in hooked on hard water, uh, was going on out at Deerfield. So we got a late start because uh, you could start anytime you know, midnight Thursday morning or whatever. Right. And so we got out there finally maybe uh, 2 o'clock yeah, or around something two like that. Yeah. And uh, we were able to go right up to the dam on Deerfield, drop down and catch our basically ten. the 10 first perch that we caught because uh, we were pulling them out of full, pretty deep water. And uh, and you weigh 10. Yep, yep, exactly. And, and you weigh 10 perch, and you and Scott got after them right away. I struggled. I was on the struggle bus. I knew it was bothering you. It you was. Know. I was like, I'm out here looking like a, like a chump. Like yeah. I can't, like I can't catch anything. Well, you guys have your ten on the ice already, and I have like three. Yep, and and that you know it it just kind of happened. Scott Scott got onto a really hot hole, and I ended up going over and drilling next to him. And next thing you know, I'm catching him, and and you were kind of off, you know. 20 yards off to the side and and the schools obviously just were not coming through by you and and then when you finally came over the schools had really kind of died down we weren't finding as many fish and and we probably should have just started drilling around and you know marking you know where we 
we're, we're finding where we could finally mark them. Shanta Peters came over yep. and uh, she started getting on them. Uh, it was kind of kind of over where you originally right, started. Where I had started. And uh, then uh, you know she caught a few more fish and then and then you kind of hopped over to a hole kind of where where she was and then you caught them in pretty short order. Right. It was it was kind of crazy to see like we were in like eighty five foot of water and <laughs> yeah. catching them in like thirty. I mean, right. they were big time suspended and really up high. And well, yeah. there was times when you would have fifty feet of right. straight, it would just be of straight solid. fish. I mean, just, you know, they always talk like, "Oh, yeah, I'm lit up like a Christmas tree." No, no, no seriously, like fifty foot Christmas. Yeah, tree. this is like the Rockefeller Center <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Christmas tree. Yep, but no. Then we got back into the side by side, and then you know we kind of went uh, went into a spot that I had fished with Craig here a couple weeks ago, and. Uh, we had caught a couple decent perch in the area, but I knew that we could all probably have a good chance of catching some trout, you know, and some right. other stuff. So we went over there, and it is just a really cool little cove, high cliffs on both sides, and and yep. it was it was a it was a really neat spot to be. But yeah, it really was back in there, and it was kind of a little windier that day, so it kind of yep. got us out of yep. the wind, which exactly. kind of felt nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, then we went to weigh in, and it was really cool how they have it set up. Where you know, obviously, first prize or first place gets a got a custom rod. Yep, so that was, was pretty cool. It, it was a flighted deal, like every yep. five places, like first, fifth, fifth. tenth, whatever. And then twenty eighth, and yeah, and yeah, twenty eighth gets a FLX twenty eight Vexlar, and right. our buddy Nighthawk Lockwood go, comes away with a freaking flasher like after his winning, second one in like two yeah, or three two weeks. weeks dirty dog i ended up getting 30th which is really crazy considering that we were catching these cookie cutter perch and i think right. like mackintoon ended up getting something like ninth and you ended right. up in like 15th 19th one I, one position out of getting like a clam drill plate yeah and then you were yeah, you I, ended up getting a $30, $30 rooster gift card, so uh, forgot to use it. It's still sitting <laughs> in my eye suit. But well, at I, least some, at least one of us walked away with something. Yep. Yeah, well, I'll put it on here, recorded for the whole entire world to know. If, uh, you know, I do plan on getting back out to Rapid City, but if by chance I would happen to die before I can get back out there, Matt, you can have that $30 gift card. All right. But I thought I had to split it with Mockentune. I yeah dude's from <laughs> minneapolis when's he gonna get back out there i don't think they have any uh spurs or belt buckles or anything like no. that or bolo ties at the rooster so no so then on uh uh friday night uh then then that's when we actually head into no oh, fr- friday, friday morning we let's, got up, let's go over friday morning we decided to hit pack yeah get up early and figured let's go chase some lakers on pactola and if it wasn't just, you know, I'm constantly making dumb fishing decisions. We go out and we're after lake trout. Oakley, you know, Black Hills master lake trout catcher. You know, we're we're uh, sitting with him. He sets up a few Arctic warriors and, you know, we're kind of jigging. I ended up doing more bluegill fishing than lake trout fishing. But, you know, it just, it wasn't happening. We probably sat out there for two and a half, three hours and, I don't know. It was just kind of, you know, like when you looked yeah. around, it was like, you know what? It just ain't going to happen today. It, so it just didn't really feel like it. I mean, nope. we had a couple flags go, but it was just like, mm, yep. they didn't really take it. And there was nothing there when we go to set the hooks. So I thought, okay, let's go up into one of these little gulches or bays or whatever. And let's go after some rainbow trout. Yeah. Let's go try to catch something, you know, get a little tug. I had earlier in the day, I caught that nice brown trout. So that that's was right. Oh yeah. That yeah. That's cool. what we forgot to say. Beautiful brown trout yeah, that it was. Got on a craggy XL 
Um, just jigging, not really paying much attention. I was that's how it a, happens. Looking around, the next thing I know, wham! Yep. It's like wow, and I, you know, I was like, all right, hopefully this is a Laker because that's what we were after. Because right. I totally forgot that you know that there was brown trout and right. Yeah, we got it up there, and it was like, oh dang, you know, you yep. came over and helped me get it up and buck nasty brown, just buck a beautiful brown. fish, awesome colors or whatever. But no, like I said, then we were back out with Oakley. I decided uh, to. Uh, make the call that yeah we were going to head in and, and try to catch some rainbows oakley literally messages me 10 minutes later and says hey we've had three flags go off and three lakers i think they ended up catching seven yeah <laughs> and that's just the way it goes oh my gosh I, we were all over there yeah, we all made that decision together because it was pretty slow and so you're not going to blame it on me i am but i just i really didn't want to have to do it on on the air but you know secretly in my mind i was thinking dang it's got what I can't say what I wanted to say on here because, like you said, this but is a anyway, PGA so show. But anyway, so on on Friday night we ended so up I could going have had, into. I could have had my chance at my first Laker shut, and all shut, this stuff, shut, and shut, you just shut I'm your just mouth. gonna keep going, man, mouth. until you shut hit your this, mouth. You hit that sensor button. You hit the stop button on me or pull my plug. I'm gonna keep going because I'm just not gonna live let you live that one down. I'm gonna kick you in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so Friday night we end up going into the club for boys. <laughs> We meet our boys. I had a really awesome dude, 13-year-old named Ethan. How old was your boy? He was 15. I had a boy named Christian. He was a freshman in high school. Right on. No, yeah, I think we both got paired up with some awesome boys. And, and then that night, you kind of go around, do some art projects, do some play some games, bingo. There's a pool table, carpet ball. Right, yeah, you got a little upset at me on the bingo one because Christian and I had went into the art center and we made a, a beautiful project that I thought, you know, he made one and I made one, this sticker art stuff that I brought home to my wife. And I don't know, she didn't seem to appreciate She's like, "That's you went out to the Black Hills and this is all I got back? I was like... I worked my butt off on that thing for you. You know what? I think the problem was, Matt, that you were so close to all these wineries, and you <laughs> didn't bring her back a bottle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I bet you would have hung, hung that art project around a bottle of uh, Prairie Berry. I bet you you would have gotten a few more points. But but yeah, you were you and uh, Ethan we were... We played and played and played, and like I was always one number off on bingo and never could crack it. And we and Christian yeah, and I come in walking first in first game. game. Bingo. Freaking dirt bags. <laughs> Jeez. But it was really, yeah, it was really neat to all the different areas. And we kind of had like a, a bingo card itself where you had to go around right, and do right. all these different activities and get it checked off for a chance at prizes later. But, yep. I mean, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, I think what time we get there? Five o'clock and then we take right. off about 830 or something yeah, like 830, that. 830, somewhere in yeah. there is what we were out of there and. So then Saturday morning, all the boys come out, meet us, and, and I knew from last year that that you wanted to get fishing right off the bat. Like, that bite happens right off the yeah. bat. And, you know, you got you got 60 pros with 76 kids. I mean, there's a the potential that there's 100, 150 lines down in, you know, about the size right. of a football field. So I knew from last year that you had to get these bites right off the bat. And I think one of the things like with these kids is you, they don't exactly, a, a kid who's never ice fished before doesn't exactly know what a bite feels like. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to get out there and, you know, maybe get three, four fish before the real pressure happened. And, and we did. And, and the second that, you know, I could kind of say, you know, Hey, 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 you got one, you know, can you feel it? You know, you see your rod tip there, whatever. And, and then you could tell that he, he was, he, he understood what was going on. He got the drill, 
dude picked up on a Vexlar in like 20 seconds. And yeah, next thing you know, he's just cracking them. And uh, I, I mean, he got to 10, 15 fish in like a matter of no time. And then, then, like I said, all these lines are in the water and uh, things really started cooling down. Right. You know, it, it wasn't as good as what it was. And, and it was, it was even, it really was kind of a weird bite the way the fish were biting. I mean, even us, you know, we'd put a line down there just to see like what was going on. And they'd come up and hit it, and you'd set the hook, and there'd just be nothing, nothing there. They there. would just never grab it. It's like they came up and just kind of nosed it. Nosed right. it. And, and I dropped a camera to, to kind of try to figure out what was going on because I knew how helpful that was last year. And I don't know. I thought for sure I had that camera fully charged. I had I charged it before we went out there, and I don't know what the heck happened, if the cold messed with it or what, but it, it wouldn't stay on for long. It kept saying flashing low battery, whatever. But I, I could see it happen a couple times where these fish would come up and bump it or, or right. you know, whatever. They weren't actually biting it. They were just nosing it and whatever. But, yeah, that, that makes it tough for kids, you know. I mean, you, oh, it does. you show them, like, hey, when these two dots connect on the Vexar, you know, really start paying attention. Well, yeah, whatever, but... Yeah, it was, you know, Christian, he started off, and it was a struggle to get the first one, you know, because, like you said, you got to get a feel for it, and then also, like we talked about sometimes, is like, when trying to get somebody to understand how to set the hook, you know, right, how right. to, you know, sometimes, when you first do it, a lot of people will either just like reel really fast, or they'll just kind of like slowly lift up, and it's yep. just like, no, I finally told him, I was like, hey, just, just rip it good, you know, if you hit the top of the shack with the rod, don't worry. I was like, I do it all the time. Right. I right. said, I do it all the time. You ain't like, going to break nothing. Right. I was like, just set it I, really good, you know, and showed him. And after, like you said, after he did it a few times, I was like, oh, all right, and stuff. And then he really heated up. I mean, he, he really the, did. At the end of the, uh, by about noon when, right. you know, it got close for them to go. I mean, he was catching one out of the other or one right. after the other there for a little bit so. and it was nice that it was nice enough outside oh, so every beautiful. it was like 50 some degrees i mean it was almost hot and you're like Dang, what, in your was. bibs you didn't and even stuff want like them that. bibs on no one had a coat on right and so it was nice that the kids could get out and it was neat to see like all these first time kids hole hopping right yeah you know, right you it's know? like <laughs> us you know guys that have done it for a long time you know it's like oh down there for a little bit also it's like boom pick up and go Pretty soon, you know, you gave your boy a Vexlar. Christian had one of my Vexlars. And pretty soon, they're just doing it themselves. You look right. over, and after, you know, it's, like, just cool to see that connection, to see, like, they're watching everybody else. And people are picking up and moving a hole to hole. And the cool thing about it was, you know, you got guys that are like, hey, we got a few holes drilled over here. Come over here and fish here, you know. I mean, we're all out there for the same thing. So. Right, right. Craig's brother-in-law, when we had ventured out, you know, way out there, and then when we were coming back, Craig's brother-in-law ended up waving me down. He's like, hey, man, I got a heck of a school of perch underneath me right now. Perfect. So right. we, we set up shop there, and, and uh, Ethan was able to capitalize on five, six perch on there. And, yeah, every, everyone was out there. You know, it wasn't like, oh, man, them are my holes. If there was an unattended right. hole, it was a community hole. Yeah. And we Swiss cheesed that ice out oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy how yeah, how it was. And, and, yeah, it was just, it was really neat. And then they had lunch out there for the boys. Uh, oh, they were frying fish. Yep. That yep. we had caught, the fish that were caught on Thursday at that tournament, they cleaned them, we cleaned them, and, uh the volunteers were frying up fish there so these kids could go over there and, and us too and right. have a few pieces of fish so that was really neat and yep. for, for a lot of the kids it's the first time they've ever had like 
fresh fried fish like right. that. My kid, Ethan, uh, when I had asked him on Friday night when we first met, I said, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he actually told me that he wanted to be a chef. And, you know, at first I was kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. And, and you know, when a 13-year-old tells you, you know, yeah, they want to be a cop, they want to be a firefighter, whatever. And so I, I said to him, I was like, well, tell me, tell me your, you know, signature dish. You know, what would you cook for me or whatever? And he said a steak schnitzel, I think. And, and so then I was like, well, yeah, how do you, how do you do it? He starts whipping out this recipe like it's no one's business. And I'm like, well, this kid ain't blowing smoke. Like, I mean, he, he actually wants to be a chef. Like, I mean, this is the real deal. I mean, he's talking about, you know, you got to mix, mix the eggs. And then I throw a little dash of salt in with the eggs. And then I, you know, soak the steak in the eggs. And then I flip it over into some flour, put some panko on it, fry it, you know, for about two and a half minutes on each side at you know oh yeah whatever. he knows what he's talking yeah about. It, it was like well, <laughs> he ain't he ain't bluffing here and then he asked you what your signature dish is and you went into your recipe where you said you go over to the freezer you open it up Pull grab out the a pizza, pizza. <laughs> unwrap it have <laughs> put it in the preheated oven and cook nope. away no 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 pizzazz oh the pizzazz that's I'm right a you're pizzazz, pizzazz man full 20 minutes get that sucker brown <laughs> yep <laughs> No, man, it, it, God dang it. I mean, we could, we could sit here and go on about hooked on hard water forever. We're over 20 minutes in now. And, and I mean, I, I don't think we have to tell you that this is more than a fishing trip. This is a spiritual trip. Scott McIntoon always says, you know, this is a, you know, this is a spiritual retreat. You know, it restores your faith in humanity. I mean, these, these, a lot of these boys, and I don't know that all of them, but a lot of these boys, you know, really come from underprivileged situations and, you know, I, I just look back and, you know, think about how lucky I am to, you know, grow up with, you know, parents that were there and, and you know, just how, how fortunate and, I was that, you know, I, I never wondered where my next meal was going to come from, right, you know. Right. And just, you know, just to have somebody, even if it is one day out of the year, that you know is going to be there and you can re- that you're going to get to go out because you and I have both had people that, you know, be, besides even like our parents or a family member that has taken us out fishing or right. just taken us out hunting Yep. because maybe we couldn't, you know, maybe our parents were working or something like that or, you know, that they're like, hey, we're going to go today. Do you want to tag along? Yep. I mean, I, I, there's all kinds of people I could think of that were that way for me that kind of, I mean, obviously my dad and my grandpa and my Uncle Richard really got me into all the outdoor stuff, but there was other people like Bill Teasler would always, you know, when yep, growing up, yep. if he was going fishing, he'd take me. So I, there's a little piece of that that you know we've all had those mentors in our in our lives that have taken the time out. So just for us to be able to get to do that, and you never know what could happen. I mean, the boy could that you were paired with could be like, you know, wow, I love this. And now with all the resources that are out there nowadays, who knows? They could have went there, went home that afternoon, and the first thing they did is started looking online. And yeah, watching fish ice and stuff, fishing YouTube and videos. And they're just like, wow, you know, I did that today. You know, I, right. that was me there. And then pretty soon, I mean, next thing you know, they just know all this stuff. And when, you know, they understand, you know, how to, how to fish. They understand, you know, how to read a Vexlar. You know, this is something, it, it, it's not a cheap sport to get into. I'm not going to sugarcoat it that way. But, I mean, we taught them a, a life lesson that, you know, hopefully they can take with them right. forever. They understand that there's a good, clean sport out there 
that they have ample opportunity living where they do that, you know, when they get a little bit older, that they don't need to get into the gangs, that they don't need to get into the drugs, that they don't need to get into alcohol. Like there, there's something that's, that's a good clean deal that you ain't going to get in trouble for that, you know, that you have, you're living in a spectacular place right there. And the cool part about the Black Hills is it's not very hard to catch fish there. Right. Well, I mean, it was for me that one day, but yeah. <laughs> you did. That was just but, 10 minutes, man. But, but you, know, you know, and for those boys, whether I don't think, I think this is the part that kind of goes unnoticed with that, with this whole like event with all those pros out there fishing, how valuable, you know, like individually you're out there with your boy, whether you have one, two, or even three, and you're like, oh, they're watching me. And so like they're seeing that and they're like looking up to you. But then, I don't. I think that a lot of people forget how uh, how those kids will watch everybody together. The camaraderie and, and with, they between see, all the pros, right? And you sit back and you kind of see that. I mean, even us, even us as adults, it, it's nice to sit back and see that. And just you know, you and I were out there um, flipping each other a bunch of crap. Um, Hante Cummins yep, was yep. out there. He was close with his boy. Next, thing you know, like. They see us doing that and having fun with it. We're laughing and joking. And now all of a sudden, you know, the boys are starting to do that a little bit. Yep, yep. And just kind of somebody, somebody sets the hook and, the, you know, all of a sudden somebody says something to them. But, you know, at the end we're all laughing about it and it's it's a good time. And it's just like just overall, I mean, I don't know if you can get – you couldn't go over – not many lakes you could go to around the ice belt where you have a 60 adults out there fishing – and everybody getting along and having a great time like they were the other day out on the ice. I mean, sometimes we get into such a contest of like, you know, this is my lake, this is my spot, this is my area. And you forget that there's a lot of like little eyes watching you and stuff like that. And for that, for that event like that, that day, that, that's, that was just so cool. You know, guys getting stuck with ATVs and stuff and p- people pushing each other out. Everybody and everybody helping each other lo- load and unload. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, me versus this person. It was all of us f- for them and them for us. Right. So. For four hours, there was 200 people out there and not one person was having a bad day. No. Everyone Every, was enjoying themselves. It, it was good. The smiles. Good, clean, the, fun. Yeah, I can, uh, like you said, I can see where Makatoon says it's it's a spiritual thing. It, I mean, well, yeah, Dave, it was. That story about Dave Euler, you know, Dave Euler, you know, he's he's uh, Craig's dad, our buddy Craig's dad. Uh, been with the club for boys for 53 years, I think. And uh, he was walking around talking uh, with all these kids. And, I mean, no one was getting more pumped up than oh, Dave Euler was. I mean, he was... every once in a while you're like, man, somebody must have tangled with a lake trout over there. No, no. it was just a little three-inch rock bass. But <laughs> Dave Euler, you know, I mean, he had a way of, you know, pumping everybody up, you know. Right. And kids are jacked, you know. When yeah. when an adult is getting that revved up about this fish, man, that must be a cool fish, yeah. whatever. But he asked a kid, he, he's like, you know, so you having a good day or something like that? And, and the kid looked up at him and said uh you know dave i used to dream about christmas tonight i'm going home and i'm gonna be dreaming about ice fishing so i mean if if that doesn't just that that's the stamp on the weekend i mean if that ain't what it's all about you know i i I don't know if that if that don't get you smiling you 
better check your pulse and, and go and find different podcasts. So. Well, and, you know, at the end of the day, too, uh, Maggie was walking around with that air horn or that horn and, and buzzing it. And she's like, okay, when that happens, it's it's time to go get start loading up on the bus. I think she had to blow that thing like and five no, or six yeah, times. no one was leaving. Nobody was leaving. <laughs> right. And nobody wanted them to leave. I mean. You're right, right. I mean, we would have sat out there all day long. but Right, but. Yeah, and then that night, you know, it's all done. They go, you get everything cleaned up, go back in and load it up, and then that night we had the banquet. Right, and and we raised a lot of money. Some some awesome fishermen gave away some guided fishing trips. I mean, there's custom rods up the wazoo, you know, I mean, yeah. just a lot of silent and live auction stuff, uh, you know, a bunch of raffles, and, you know, people walked away with Vexlars, shacks, you know, guided fishing trips, you know cool antique fishing equipment i mean somebody even walked away with nine thousand dollars or a new at or utv so casey, casey crouch but yeah. you know it was crazy because you know they yell out casey crouch and not one person was like hey i sold yeah. that ticket so i don't like, know who the heck that was but who knows maybe it was that was us at the ice institute could have been could have <laughs> been all i know what i can tell you for sure is that it wasn't anyone who who i sold my tickets to here right but uh, the cool one cool thing uh, that we'll quick mention, our buddy Chris Peters from out there in Rapid City sold fifteen hundred and some uh, dollars worth of tickets. Ended up being the top not or top dog uh, with ticket sales, and uh, so he won a free custom rod, and he turned around and donated it back. They ended to up to the getting, live auction, right? Yeah. They ended up getting another two or three hundred dollars out of it. And the really, really, really cool part about that is Chris Peters grew up in rapid city went to the club for boys and you know i i don't know i can't speak on chris's chris's upbringing but uh now chris is a you know full-time army man you know just a i mean top-notch dude uh, you know no doubt about that i I mean you know i don't know i i just kind of got the bumps just talking about that so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie it was it's kind of emotional for everybody i think when he got up there and he he was pretty choked up about it and rightfully so and i mean him and craig are tight together and dave i mean it's just it's just it just kind of encompasses what that whole event is is about it's just so much bigger than all of us and it's just i don't know it's really neat um I, I haven't been able to stop talking about it at school. Isn't last. that right? Like, But, you know, you get back and you feel like everybody should know about it. Right. And that's all they should want to be talking about. Like, right. you know, it's like I'm still looking at Facebook posts about it, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, and whatever. And, like, my brother probably thinks I'm the most annoying person in the world because all I really want to do is talk about Hooked on Hard Water. But. Right. Well, and I've had a lot of people at school come up and ask me about it. You know, like, yep. what was that thing, you know, this weekend and everything you know a lot of people always the first thing they say is how was the fishing and i'm like well the fishing wasn't that great and they're just like what i was like well we didn't like if you were talking about catching all kinds of fish well we didn't do it but i said i said that i mean that was that the was, second or third that thing was like the, the last you know, <laughs> last yeah. thing on it i was like and then i just go in and so then a lot of people have had a lot of questions about what the hooked on hard water event and what it all entails and it's just like I'm like, well, how long do you have? Because right. I can tell you a lot of stuff, and yep. it's just, it's just cool stuff. And right. I don't know. I mean, haven't been my first, you know, haven't been my first one. And uh, you've been able to experience it last year, and then you were at the banquet the year before, so you kind of you, you knew a little bit what to expect going into it. And uh, as far as for me, um, I don't. It was just, you know. 
it was it's an incredible event uh, it just going out there on friday night and uh, going down to the club for boys i worked at the ymca after school program up in sioux falls in college and uh so i kind of had an idea what it might a little bit be like you know you go into one of those places and it's it's wild it's loud yep. it's crazy and stuff and and it was i mean you're talking about just that sheer number of what is it eight to 18 year old boys running around in a building and playing all this stuff and it was cool to get down there and get to meet other people and then meet your boy and sit there and bond with them go around and do all that stuff we went in played dodgeball um, one of my highlights of that night was seeing jim gerard get hit in, <laughs> in the nuts twice by a dodgeball and get dropped to his knees <laughs> sorry jim sorry jim but i just had to throw that one out there and uh so, you know, running around, doing all that stuff, hanging out with them, just seeing what those those people that work at a place like that are awesome individuals because they, you know, as a teacher, these kids, there's like, you know, like, you know what it's like to be in a school building, in a classroom and all that stuff, all these like, I don't want to say rules, but expectations and all that. And uh, those boys are just getting out of doing that all day long. And now they get to go to a place like that where they get to unwind and kind of be a little bit freer and you know it, it's wild and those people they they do an awesome job of keeping those boys in line you know in line and right. they on keep, task they and keep stuff a tight like ship, but it right. ain't a jail i mean right. and when you ask them kids you know like i asked my boy so you like your teachers yeah right you like the guys you know the guys and the ladies at the club you know the the head people at the club oh, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, well, yeah they yeah, were yeah they're the best and and they really are i mean those i mean they do an incredible job there and then, you know, just just to see that and, like, the interaction with all these pros, especially the ones that have had, like, the same boy for a few years and stuff when they first see each other again. And, I mean, just, like, you can see that bond and how right. fast it's right. back. And it's just, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like one of us with one of our buddies that we haven't seen in a right, long time. Right, yeah, it's they're just friends. Like, all of a sudden, it's like you pick up right where you left off the last time you yep. saw each other. And, uh, you know, normally a lot of these, a lot of the pros – are just people I've ever like followed online or just been Facebook friends right, with right. or something like that. So it's the first time you're meeting them too. And sometimes you have like a predetermined like persona about what this person is going to be like, or maybe you've watched some stuff that they've been in and then just to see them like running around like kids and you know, yeah. half of them sweating and look <laughs> like they're going to have heart attacks right. just because they want to, you know, want the boy to have a great experience and stuff like that. Dodgeball's and life there. It is. And it is everywhere for kids <laughs> that age, but you know, it's just cool to see some of those guys get in there and you know, I'm sure there was a lot of sore people the next day, but it, it didn't matter because you know, that boy was just like, you know, you're kind of like, building that trust with them and you know and then you had to get out on ice that day uh see everybody and see like all the volunteers that had that were out there setting stuff up and walking around people taking pictures of the whole event uh, that's something i was a little disappointed in myself that i didn't do enough of is really take stop and like take pictures well you know, you know. i mean you know for next year I right mean, you know, it, it's it's a lot to it's a lot to take in in a short amount of time. You know, you hadn't ever done it before. You didn't. You know, now you know. Right, and then you know, just to see, you know, like like you said, you've always talked about Craig Euler's dad, Dave, and about how such a great guy he is, and just well respected by everybody. And just to get to experience that, 
Right. I mean, just to see that, that was that was so cool. He is. He is just one of those people, him and Craig both, that... Uh, yeah, they're, they're man's men. They're, uh, I, mean, I mean, they're just awesome individuals, and to do something, an event like this, it, it was. I mean, it was... It, it, I don't know. I you get emotional kind of thinking about it and talking about it and stuff. And I'm not going to cry, but I mean, you could, I mean, I've only cried a few times in my life, you know, when my dog retrieved his first rooster at your wedding and I'm not going to do it on online at this, on this podcast and everything like that. But, uh, it, it does something for your soul. It does. You know, I, the last few months at school, you, you get into that time of the year where you, it starts to be, a grind and a drag and it's not the kids that are getting to you sometimes it's the adults that are getting at each other and then sometimes you def- deflect that on to the kids and you you got to catch yourself stopping being like why am i getting mad at these guys they're not the ones that are making me upset but you deflect that on there and haven't been out there this past weekend and getting to see all that and getting to understand all that stuff i mean you know the last few days at practice or at school i feel like the old me is has come out it's made me realize why i went into the profession of teaching because it's all about the kids and that's what this whole event was it was all about the kids and uh yeah i just i just gotta thank craig for giving me the opportunity to be a part of it and as long as he allows me to and i'm going to keep being a part of it and I, i i encourage anybody that has the opportunity to go out there when this event goes on to go check it out like the banquet and stuff like just, that even just if you drive don't out and do a family thing right. out there and, and go to the banquet on saturday right. night go i i believe well you can sponsor a boy right sponsor a boy hundred bucks make sure that they have good good warm clothes obviously this year we didn't need them whatever but sponsor a boy and then i mean if, if you do sponsor a boy you're welcome to come out on the ice that right. saturday morning just go out there and just walk around, right. take pictures, mingle with people. Everybody there is friendly. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and then go to the banquet that night. I will guarantee you that you will walk away, drive back here to Iowa or drive back to Minnesota or, or drive back home wherever you are from. And I'll guarantee you that you look back and you say, wow, that was freaking awesome. For sure. Like you said, take make a family trip out of it. I mean, there's all kinds of things to go see out there in the Black Hills and then just to... I think this is actually the weekend that they released the bison in Custer State Park. Oh, really? Yeah, because two years ago when me and Kayla just went out for the uh, for the banquet, I went and cruised around Custer State Park by myself all day long. All the bison are right up next to the road. Oh, I mean, they were licking the salt off the side of <laughs> Kayla's vehicle. <laughs> like, eh, I hope that ain't scratching the paint. But, yeah, nah, cleaning whatever. it off. But, but yeah, it's, it's that definitely, is, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's so cool. And it doesn't seem like it, it seems like the guys that have been doing it for years, it's the same every year, like as far as like that feeling that you get. Right, and, right. Yeah. It, it don't, it don't leave you. I can tell you this. I, I think I, I think I had even walked away with a greater appreciation for it this year than what I did the year before. And, uh, I, I think last year I was so nervous so scared to to go out there to the black hills when i didn't know a dang person out there besides craig you know a a little bit but you know i i went out there i i stuck my neck out and and you know brendan lockwood scott mockentoon you know these are the dudes that kind of took me underneath their arm jim gerard whatever and and you know gave me somebody to talk to at, at the social events and whatnot but uh you know 
that that was it and and now you know this year i could kind of sit back and you know take it all in just a little yep. bit more and i i, I don't and, know i i expect it to be even better next year and well even you, you kind of helped even mentor myself right because right. it was you knew a lot of those people so it it, it eased it a little bit for me like I, I could see we're going into it if you didn't know how nervous it it could have been nerve-wracking and stuff like that and you knew a lot of these people and have talked to them a lot, so it made it a lot easier for me to do it. And right, when everything. I'm up talking to somebody, whatever, you know, and then I can say, hey, this is my buddy Matt, or you can come and join a conversation with somebody that you know and say, right. hey, I'm Matt, you know, that makes it a whole lot easier. But And at the banquet, it was fun talking to, we got to talk to a lot of different people. We even found out that we get listened to on the train into New York City every right. morning. So Right, Andy Stromsness, if you're listening right now in the subway in New York City, uh, yeah. yeah, we... we we say hi to you. But. He's probably he's probably got some story. He could probably have a podcast on train rides into oh, New York gosh. City. I bet you he's seen some <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was just an incredible weekend and yeah, yeah, that's what it was. <clears throat> Before Matt cries, we're gonna move along. Like I said, only three times or only a couple times in my life I've ever done it. Did so. you say you cried at my wedding? Yeah. What can I say, man? Wow. We're in the black. I mean, we're in the Black Hills. I mean, it does it to a guy. It was September. I don't know if there was like something in allergy. pollen in the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't that, like. I wasn't actually like crying. I th- I might have stubbed my toe or something like that. Or yeah. Got a whiff of Ramsey's cologne or something. It wasn't that. That's I was, what it was. It, it was wasn't. Be, it wasn't emotional crying. It was just. <laughs> that smells like pure gasoline. <laughs> no, I know what it was. The Hawkeyes beat the Cyclones that day, yeah. so I was a little teary eyed. So. Yeah. No. So. uh so, so up next on the docket today, uh, we had a buddy, uh, Oakley, uh, that, that we mentioned earlier in the show. He's from out there in uh, Rapid City. And uh, last night, actually, uh, Monday night, uh, this, this is Tuesday night. We're going to release this on Wednesday morning, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he, he cracks this big old fish, a rud. Uh, and apparently it's an invasive species. Uh, I guess that they have a population in Sheridan. When I talked to Craig today, uh, he said that they weren't really a, uh, a targetable, uh, you know, population, but, but they do have them in there. And, uh, so Oakley weighed his fish and, uh, apparently his scale was a little bit off, you know, whatever. It didn't quite weigh as much as what his scale said. He, he went in, finally found a certified scale, weighed it. But he, he thought he actually could possibly have the world record, not the yeah. state record, the world record. And But he didn't. So, you know, it, it really kind of got me thinking, uh, you know, I think most of these states do their state records, and I think the world records are done on weight. And I don't think that's right. I, I, th- I think it should be done on inches. And, and you know, I, I'm open to possibly changing my mind. But, but now that I'm taking this stance, if somebody wants to argue with me, the chances are I'm just going to keep this stance. But I, what, what makes me think that is uh, the fact that I could go out, uh, you know, maybe four weeks from now and, and catch a largemouth bass and have that thing weigh, you know, I don't know what the Iowa record is. We'll say it's, uh, you it's know. It's like 10 pounds. 10 pounds. A farm pound. Right. So say I catch an 11-pounder. Now, Matt could go out literally six weeks later, catch that exact same fish, and have it weigh less. And so he doesn't get that state record. I think it should go off inches. That fish is never going to shrink. Fish only are going to get longer. 
but their weight will fluctuate. I think that it should go off length. A, after I catch that fish, I don't need to go and find a certified scale. I need to find a witness that, you know, will will attest that, you know, yeah, this thing is, uh, you know, 23 and a half inches long. It, it breaks the world re- or, you know, the record. And I don't care if the DNR then wants to come and make sure that my, you know, one wants to look over these pictures. I think you got to have one, two witnesses. I think you got to have a, a, a measuring board that, you know, without a reasonable doubt, you know, that thing's nose was up against the tip of that measuring board. You know, yep, it looks here like it's 23 and a half inches. You know, we're going to take a, you know, a top quality, you know, measuring device and make sure, oh, yep, yep, you know, the measurements on this board are correct. That's what it should be. Would it be, so with your length thing then, would it, you have to have like a certified measuring board? Somebody have to have like one that's officially like a certified board to measure on, like it is with a certified scale. Well, instead I, of just taking a, you know, measuring tape out of your pocket and putting it on there, because I know a few years ago there was a bad batch of measuring boards that were being sold, and some tournament anglers got disqualified because according to their measuring stick, that was legal length. But when they got to the, to like the weigh-in and they were checking to see if they were legal fish, the way at the weigh-in the board they had the fish were short but but like i said then the dnr can come out and they can see the board that i measured my fish right, on and do the measuring and, on and they can you know they can compare it to theirs and yep you know this thing's right you know i i, I and, and maybe I, it not, has to be a metal board right. maybe it has to be a metal board so that i know you're not curling a tape you know a, a flimsy oh, right. tape underneath of it you know whatever uh you know i i, I just I don't know. The fact that I could go out and catch a fish, I could technically catch the state record fish, but if I catch it in the wrong time of the year, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. I I like the weight thing. I do. Because... Give me a reason. Because if we're catching the same fish, then again, it's the time of the year. I was lucky enough to get out there right after ice out and catch that pre-spawn fish. And you went out there later on and caught it post-spawn. You asked the same fish. But it weighed more when I caught it. So that should be the record. Think that, about deer. Sounds, Think that, about deer. They're not they're not weighing a deer. Right, but do you get more do you get more points if it has mass? Yeah. Okay. That's kinda like weight. So then well, there's only one it's of those. It's a measurement. Deer. It's a measurement. Well, it's a measurement, yeah. That no one's weighing an antler. Right. So then why should length count in fish when they're doing weight measurements? They're not doing weight measurements. Well, I know they're not, but... Okay, my, my theory on it, like the South Dakota State uh, smallmouth record, it's 19... The the fish is 7 pounds, 1 ounce. Yep. It was 19 inches. So, just a night... So, I could catch a 21-inch bass that weighs 4 pounds, but it's 21 inches, so I should have a state record over you having caught a 19 inch one that weighed seven pounds so i go out and catch some freak of nature goofball perch that's 13 inches but it's got the belly the size of you know of a full-on football right and you go out and you catch a 
18 and a half inch perch, but it's skinny, you That's think the, the fat one is. should get it? Yeah, I think so. I don't know, man. I do. I, 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 I think for the ease of, for the like last night, Oakley struggles to find a certified scale. Right. It, can, it is tough to find a certified scale, but I mean... That's that's just the way it goes sometimes. We might not be able to get to it. I don't know. So then why then okay, so then I should be able to take my scale and put it on there and weigh it and say, Okay, this is the weight I had. So then I should be able to then if I have a witness that says, Yeah, his scale said that, I should take it at that. That's just like if you're gonna measure it. But then, then I mean I guess if the DNR comes in and, and and test that scale out and it's dead nuts i mean you know i don't know i i don't have much experience with a scale i don't even own a scale uh but you know them digital scales what do they measure to the 10th something like that so i guess if if you know if the dnr has a five pound weight and they can go there and and throw it on that scale and it measures nuts on five pounds I guess another way I look at it is too is there's a lot of thirty inch walleye swimming around out there. There's not many sixteen pound walleye swimming out there. But a sixteen pound walleye could be thirty uh, inches. Could. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's I, weight. You think it's weight? I, I, think, I would go with weight. I'd is this our weight. first ever argument on this podcast? I wouldn't call it an argument. It's just a. It was a friendly it's, debate. It's a discussion and a debate. I didn't throw any heat at you. No, you didn't. <laughs> I could have, I could have, and I'm still no, thinking I just, about it. I just, Next. I just, I just think, I just think that though it's always been a weight measurement thing. I think that's why you're starting to see a lot of catch and release, like records happening now, because that's when you can go with a length type right, measurement right. on the catch and release type thing. Do you think that there should be a length record and a weight record? Yeah, that that you'd be willing to split them. Mm-hmm. You know that that you and and. You know, the guy there, who gets there, the there you record. Go. I mean, there you go. I mean, an eight, we'll just use your example, an 18-inch perch that could weigh less than a 14-inch perch. Right. I mean, to see an 18-inch perch, it's like, I don't know if you I Just mean, if as a much of a freak see, of nature as, right. as what some fat sucker that, right. I mean, you wonder how does that thing even swim straight. Exactly. So. Maybe, uh, Split them up. Yeah. Okay. So we had our first ever argument. It wasn't a real argument, but it was a touch of an argument. Right. But now we're kind of finding a little bit of common ground. I just about threw this cold snap toothpick across the room that's laying here. Yeah, that would have been would have been your last move ever. <laughs> Freaking jump. <laughs> All right. So I would say I walked away with the win on that argument. Matt conceded and uh, conceded said, my is conceded the right word. I don't know. Yeah, me neither. But anyway, so moving right along uh, a little bit farther. So today, this morning, I'm I'm scrolling through Facebook, whatever, and uh, uh, there's a cold snap page for uh, the pro team, whatever. And uh, Chantel Whitstruck, uh, uh, lady from Sioux Falls, uh, you know, awesome angler, whatever, uh, also a hooked on Hardwater Pro, posts a deal in there that says, you know, hey guys, uh, uh, she had been nominated for, a, um, you know, a a uh, outdoor personality, if you will, you know, uh, a figure, a public figure, uh, maybe was the deal. I don't, I don't remember what it like was. Like a called. social media handle, or yeah, something social like that. media handle. So you know, Chantel Whitstruck, uh, you know, whatever. 
deal and and so there's a an, an, a deal called the outdoor media summit and uh you know it's basically for all platforms of outdoor media uh whatever Chantel got nominated and and she was in the running i believe she was in second place and closing in on first fast and uh so i was like huh i wonder what this is so i click on it and uh i start going through all these other pools and i see that there is a poll for the best outdoor podcast of 2019 and I look at it and I'm like, huh, I wonder if we could still get nominated for this. So I click on all the different podcasts and I'm scrolling through, scrolling through, scrolling through. And wouldn't you know it, Midwest Angler Podcast down there in like second to last. Nominated. So I'm like, hey. So I shared it. You know, I was like, hey, guys. I'm make you know, this come, public knowledge. Right. Come and, come and vote for us, will you? And Give us a little love. I mean, this isn't the Electoral College. We are in Iowa, and we don't have a strong population, but That's they are right. not going to give it to us. So, uh, yeah. So, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I shared it, and within no time, we, we're up over 200 votes. We're yeah, in, like, fifth, fifth place, place right now. Uh, th- uh, fourth place is a ways ahead of us. But if you're listening to this and you're on Facebook – um, if you go to my personal page, uh, or mine. uh Scott Sturman, S T U E R M A N or Matt Deitch, D E U T S C H. Got it. Did I nail it? You nailed it. Wow. If you didn't, Deutsch, was, Deutsch, yeah. Matt from Deutschland. If, if you didn't get it, I was going to get up right now and just walk out. D W R K. See ya. <laughs> no. So yeah, no. Uh, go on our personal pages if you want to send us a friend request uh, we, yeah. we get a lot of friend requests i don't know if that's through the podcast or if it's just whatever but uh send us a friend request do not be afraid to send us a message and say hey i, I like what you guys are doing i hate what you guys are doing you guys give us suck some constructive yep feedback. give us give us some stuff you know if you got somebody that you want to hear on this podcast shoot us a message because there's, I mean, there's a half a million people in the fishing industry here up uh, in the Midwest, uh, you know, with the states that we cover, and uh, we don't know them all. Right. But we want to. We want to. We, so. Anybody that you want to hear from that has to do with it. Also, go and, like, like our Midwest Ang- the Midwest Angler Podcast page on Facebook. Right, if you haven't. If you haven't already, uh, on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram, too. So right. hit us up in all those platforms. And we have people. Uh, you know, I've got, like, uh, Tyler Hicks, Jordan Rhodes, Tanner Peterson. Uh, these are guys, you know, that, you know, shoot me messages, you know, after, after we record a podcast, you know. Uh, you know, just BS about fishing. You know, if they're off fishing somewhere, you know, sometimes, you know, we flip ideas back and forth and, and whatever. Shoot me a message. I, you know, I'll talk fishing with anybody at any yeah, time. Same here. So, uh, you know, shoot, shoot us a message. Uh, um, yeah, we, we had a guy named Chris Quast who uh, posted on my timeline that, that he liked uh, listening, you know, a new listener. We appreciate that. We, we truly do. But uh, I got a really funny one. So I had a guy on Sunday night slash Monday morning message me and he said, Hey guys, I don't know if you guys have ever realized this, but Scott sounds a lot like Squirrely Dan off of Letterkenny. <laughs> and and I mean like I I personally didn't think that I sounded like him, but I mean I mean I'm not taking offense to it because I love to Letterkenny. To be fair. To be fair. But anyway, so I, 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 before we recorded tonight, I'm like, Matt, I, I got this message. Do I sound like him? And uh, 
and Matt's like, you know, I, I, I guess I kind of hear a little bit of a similarity. So uh, got a little bit growl to you. I guess. So I'm going to actually try to queue up my phone through the mixer here a second. And uh, we're going to try to actually play a little bit of Squirrely Dan here. And uh, Squirrely so, Scott. Like oh, Squirrely I will Scott. kick you in the freaking nards, man. <laughs> well, what's better, Squirrely Scott or Sassy Scott? Well, well yeah, Sassy Scott was that <laughs> other one. God dang it, you freaking dirtbags. <laughs> But anyway, so I before Matt freaking wins, wins our wins our argument is a freaking moron anymore. I'm gonna quick try to cue up Squirrely Dan, and you guys can be the judge of it. Do I sound like Squirrely Dan or not? So, Fred says he thinks his girlfriend looks sexy when she wears his underwear, but what's he really trying to accomplish there? So there you have it. Uh, there, there's a just a little bit of Squirrely Dan. We normally try to keep this show PG and. Well, that uh, wasn't exactly. Yeah. It, it was a little bit harder to find a clip uh, um, in there that uh, was PG. But uh, if, if you have ever watched Letterkenny, yeah, you you, you, know. you know who Squirrely Dan is. So uh, mm-hmm. you know if, if you're listening to this, uh, you know I, I think here in the next couple of days uh, I'll put a Facebook poll up and uh, probably going to do one day where uh, I ask, um, do you think state records for fish should be done with length or weight? And then we'll do another one uh, asking if I sound like Squirrely Dan. And and don't be afraid to, you know, to tell me, hey, Scott, you kind of sound like a dud. <laughs> I don't care. Sometimes I sound like uh, McMurray. <laughs> McMurray? Yeah. Doesn't he sound like that, McMurray? Who's McMurray? He's the one guy that's on there. Is There's he on the actual show? Yeah, he's on the actual show. I haven't show. ever actually watched the actual, watched the actual show. show? No. Oh, man. No, I see that. I think there's a new season out that I is. He kind of like Boomhauer, a little bit. Hey, how are you now? Hey, how are you now? He's McMurray, he's Irish. <laughs> no, well, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, we're closing in here on an hour. Um, that's because it, like you said, wrapping up everything from this past right, week, right? And, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're doing this one a little bit different than what we normally do. We had actually called Craig Euler. I called Craig Euler earlier today, talked to him on the phone, and uh, I said, what do you think, Craig? You know, you want to be on this show? And I don't know if that would be his fourth or fifth time being on the show, but uh, he said, you know, he said, why, why don't you just shoot this one from the hip, uh, you know, by yourselves? And, uh, you know, I, I don't I think, know, you know. I think one thing that we got to do is uh, thank Buddy for being a good sport this weekend. Big league buddy? Big league buddy. Big league buddy signer. That That is one thing. Uh, if you guys have not ever heard of uh, Buddy Signer with fish stories, uh, Buddy is just an all-around awesome, awesome dude. He, he's he's a, a great guy. He, he's a great person. Never says a bad thing about anybody. Uh, and, and he's got a really, really cool deal going on, uh, you know, kind of similar to us. But uh, Buddy has what he calls fish stories. And uh, if you go on Facebook and look up fish stories, uh, give that page a like and, and go and check out what Buddy's got going. Buddy travels around South Dakota, Minnesota, you know, all around basically the upper Midwest and wherever else his, his you know, regular day-to-day life uh, takes even the him. world. Right. Yeah. I mean, this, this guy went to Kazakhstan yeah. with uh, Team USA ice fishing and... Uh, what, what he does is he records people telling fish stories. It doesn't matter how big or how small. It doesn't matter your experience. Buddy records fish stories. And uh, 
then he's got them archived on the internet that anyone can go back and, and, and then buddy's actual full-time job is, is a voice recorder. So, you know, I, I look back and I think about my grandpa who, uh, immigrated over to the United States from the Netherlands, got kicked out of his house over in the Netherlands by the Nazis. Uh, they, they went out and they lived in the hog houses and, and, you know, they actually smuggled some Jews through their, through their place. And, uh, you know, did a lot of crazy cool stuff. He stole a parachute from the Nazis. Uh, they stole a bomb from them one time. Wow. They they had to evacuate the whole entire town of Hardewijk over there in the Netherlands because they thought it was an oxygen tank and they threw it down in a pit in their hog in their hog yard and it turned out to be a bomb. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, this is just all stuff that my kids and their kids will never get to hear and and you know it's one thing to you know for me to retell a story but when you can actually hear it in the voice of the person that experienced it you know whether it be stealing a a bomb and a parachute from the nazis or whether it be you know catching your first fish your last fish you know a big fish whatever uh, he's just really got a cool thing going there and uh i i really encourage you to go and check buddy's stuff out we we gave Buddy a lot of hell this weekend. I broke a rod over it. <laughs> we were we were big league and Buddy because he was big league and us all That's weekend. Right. We thought we were going to lock him out of my pickup, and uh, so I went running with a rod in my hand to quick hop in the pickups that we could lock him out. And I closed the door on a brand new rod I hadn't even owned for twenty minutes. <laughs> but no, man, it it was a lot of fun. It was yeah. a lot of fun. So go check his stuff out. Yep, check his stuff out. Uh, yeah. Hats off to the people at the club for boys. Hats off to Craig Oiler, Dave Oiler, All everybody else who that. you know who had a finger in uh, getting that thing going. So, with that, that will be episode sixty-one. We will see you in a few short days for episode sixty-two. I don't know who we're going to have for a guest, but we got a couple guys, uh, a couple guys that we've uh, you know tossing some names around. So hopefully we can get them uh, figured out here in the next day or two and. Uh, come back to you regularly on Monday morning again. So thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week.